BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome, everybody, to the Untold Story podcast. I'm Martha McCallum, and we have a really special edition today of the Untold Story podcast because we're joined by Ruth Graham, who is a an author uh, and has run her ministries, and she's the middle child of Billy and Ruth Graham. And Ruth, I'm just so grateful to have you with us today to talk about your latest book, which is called Transforming Loneliness. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Martha. I do appreciate it. So, Ruth, if I may, I I wanted to start with something that our producer found when she was working on this segment. And because the topic is is loneliness, something that doesn't get talked about enough and something that so many of us experience at different points in our lives and that can leave us feeling as if the Lord is not with us. Uh, or that we have to do something special in order to create that connection. So our producer found this clip from your dad in 1987 in a sermon in Denver. And I'd like to start by playing this clip, if I may. Let's, let's listen. Wait. And at last we hear from the cross, Jesus on the cross dying for you and for me. God laying on him all of our sins and our judgment and our hell which he took on that cross. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In that terrible moment, something mysterious happened. No theologian can explain it. Jesus took your sins, your judgment, your hell. All the penalty that I deserve for my sins, he took on that cross. And it was a lonely moment, a lonely period when he alone had to bear the cross and he became guilty of all the sins of the whole world. He experienced ultimate loneliness as he died for you and died for me. Ruth, it it is, um, I think all of us are moved listening to those words from your dad, Billy Graham. But what goes through your mind and your heart as you listen to that, having just written this book about the topic of loneliness? Well, first of all, it makes me miss him. Yeah. And I think we all miss him. We miss his voice. But uh, for me to hear that clip about Jesus's loneliness, I deal with that a little bit in the book of it was a cosmic loneliness, a loneliness that we will never have to experience if we know Christ is our personal savior. And um, I think the fact that Jesus left the Trinity in order to come to earth and be human and understand our loneliness and our feelings um, is really impactful when we put it, apply it to our own lives. So daddy was bringing that out. Yeah. You know, it's 
one of the things I think people wonder about before they, you know, read this book and the other books that you have written, including In Every Pew Sits a Broken Heart, is your story. Because obviously, so many millions of people knew your father's story, and millions were touched even personally by attending um, some of his um, ministries and events. But what do you want people to understand about, about you as, as not just their daughter, but as, as Ruth Graham yourself? Well, when I speak somewhere, I always say that I may be Billy Graham's daughter. That's part of what I am, but it's not who I am. And I'm a sinner saved by grace, nothing more and nothing less. And my life verse is John uh, 1.16, which says, Of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. And I have experienced God's grace. I've experienced my father's grace. So tell me what made you decide to write this book about loneliness and what you discovered about your own experience and how pervasive it is in the country right now. Well, loneliness is not just in the United States. It's, it's worldwide. As a matter of fact, when Theresa May was the prime minister of, of England, she appointed a minister of loneliness to her cabinet. Um, in Japan, they suffer an epidemic of lonely deaths, which means someone may die and nobody knows about it until the stench reaches their neighbor's mm. door, which is so terribly sad. But in this country, there is... We do suffer loneliness, but we don't admit it. And I know I have been terribly lonely when I went off to boarding school when I was 13, just so homesick, so lonely. Then um, some years ago, I had a repeat surgery and the girls had dropped me off at the hospital and gone on home to their own families. But uh, I was at the hospital alone and I couldn't reach for a glass of water. I was absolutely stuck all flat on my back and I felt really lonely. But, you know, when we feel lonely, we don't want to admit that we're lonely. And I experienced that myself, too, when I was doing research for this book. I was reading books on loneliness, and I took a book with me to a speaking engagement, and I had it in my bag. And I reached to, to pull it out to read it on the airplane, but it had loneliness in the title. And I thought, I don't want the man sitting next to me to think I'm lonely. So I put it back in my bag. <laughs> so we feel, we feel a shame attached to loneliness. And yet so many of us feel lonely. Um, well, I think it's 55% feel like no one knows them well. 44% feel that they are alone. Um, so that we're in good company. We all have those experiences. So, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, some of the tougher moments of your life. But, you know, when people hear you talk about that and about the universality of this emotion, because we're all human beings and we feel a wide range of emotions, including loneliness at different points in our lives. What how can how can we be alone but not lonely? What do you what is, what do you give people to work on in their lives through this book? Well, ultimately, we give them an acronym, REACH, R-E-A-C-H, uh, R, to recognize the symptoms and sources of your loneliness, E, express it to God and to one other trusted person, be a pastor or a close friend, um, R-E-A, anticipate that God can transform your loneliness, C, is connect with someone else, connect through gym class or book club. I think the best place to connect is at church. And then H, honor God with your loneliness. How do you honor God with your loneliness? You give it to him and you just simply say, God, I'm lonely. 
I don't like being lonely, but if you will use it for your glory and my good, then I give it to you. And he will. You, then you begin to anticipate and see little glimpses of his grace in your life when you're lonely. You know, so that during those moments when you were lying in the hospital, and I think a lot of people have experienced that feeling of helplessness when you're, you know, maybe attached to something and you, you can't get up. And even if it's brief uh, time in your life, which we hope it is, um, it, it's a strange feeling. So in that moment, how do you do those things? Um, how, how do you, you know, which I guess maybe you start with H in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you actually holler for help. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the ask- button. <laughs> you, ask, you, know, you ask your ask the Lord to help you, and He's right there. I knew He was right there with me, and I knew that He. I really wasn't alone cosmically, but I was alone physically. And um, and you just ask the Lord for help, and He's right there to help us. And um, we call on Him, and then we begin to realize that He is there. And I think knowing the Scriptures helps. Uh, my parents gave me the daily habit of being in the scripture, whether it be a verse or a chapter or just a phrase and meditate on that. And so all my life I've been in the scripture daily and I'm so grateful for that habit that they instilled in me. The Untold Story continues right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Which are, are there particular pieces of scripture that you find yourself calling upon often that maybe, you know, they taught you or you, you leaned on as a little girl that are still very significant in your life, Ruth? Well, of course, the Psalm 23 is always a go-to, but I also love um, the verse in Psalms that says, uh, when I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I relied on that a lot when I was at boarding school. And um, so many scriptures that, especially David, you know, he cried out to God over and over again. He was alone. And there is a difference between being alone and being isolated and being, um, you know, you choose solitude. Solitude is a time to recalibrate and to sort of get close to God. And it's good for us. We need that. To be isolated is not good for us. Uh, the Bible says that he who isolates himself is not wise. And I think that, our, and of course, our worst punishment in this nation is for people to be isolated in solitary confinement. Um, so there is a difference in the levels, I guess, of loneliness, but we don't have to stay there in any one of them. Yeah. And actually, prisoners yeah. contributed to this book, yeah. prisoners who had been in solitary confinement. And um, and I taught that book to them. And they just I'd also taught another book, uh, Forgiving My Father, Forgiving Myself, and uh, have really enjoyed that ministry of, of reaching out to prisoners uh, via Zoom. What have you learned from that ministry, Ruth? Well, that we're all people mm-hmm. and that they've made mistakes, um, just like I have. 
but we don't have to live with those mistakes. And to teach a book on forgiveness to prisoners and for them to learn that they can forgive themselves is really such a blessing. I have gotten so much from them and their acceptance of me, their appreciation of me, their love for me, and that they pray for me. And when they say they're going to pray for me, they do. Mm. And I just, I love that I have a host of prisoners in Mississippi and West Virginia and Texas who pray for me. And last last spring, I got to go visit them in Mississippi, the women, and had such a wonderful time. It's like meeting my sisters. That's great. You know, you talk about um, what was expected of you as as Billy Graham's daughter and how you would go to 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 Sunday service with your Sunday face on and always answer that you were doing just fine, which was a lie. Why was that a lie, Ruth? What was going on? Well, that was a time when I found out that my first husband had been unfaithful and um, I just didn't think divorce was an option. Um, and we tried to work it out for three years, but finally I realized that he had broken my faith and my trust and, um, I just couldn't maneuver, uh, the reconciliation. So we divorced after 21 years and really broke my heart. But during that time, I couldn't tell anybody, um, because number one, divorce was not an option in my family. Nobody had been divorced in my family. And he worked very closely with my parents in the television ministry. And so it was very difficult. And so I put on that, you know, I'm fine face, but it wasn't fine until I reached a point where I was planning my suicide. And after Sunday service, I went home looking for razor blades, but my husband used an electric razor. So I couldn't find any, but it was a wake up call to me that I realized, um, I had three children who were depending on me and I had to stick around. So I, at that point I reached out for help and told somebody, and I'm so glad I did. Cause the first thing he said to me is you're not crazy. Mm. Cause I thought I was going crazy and to make the abnormal try to be normal is crazy making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get through that period, Ruth? Well, you put one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. and I got good counseling wonderful counseling. And I poured myself into my children. Uh, I went back to school. Um, so I, di- I did things to take care of myself. And I, I learned to have fun again. Uh, friends were so good to me, they would take me to the movies uh, with them. And I just learned to have be by myself. I, I found I could take myself to the movies and not feel self-conscious. And I, I just, again, God gave grace. How did your parents deal with it since he was someone who they were close to and, and trusted in their business? It was extraordinarily difficult, very difficult for, for all of them. But they made it through and they let me know that they loved me. And my father was his grace towards me at that time really changed my life. And I'm so grateful for his gentleness and his graciousness. And uh, the world saw him on, you know, on a big platform and and yet at home, he was the same person, but he was so gracious and loving and kind and gentle, very soft natured. Um, yes, he could preach like, you know, fire, but he, when he was home and when he was around people, he was always gracious and loving. You know, one of the things that um, is, I think, a myth today in our society is that 
uh, all of this technology, Facebook and all of these, you know, social media helps us stay connected to people. And yet we see higher numbers of people saying that they feel lonely and isolated and alone than ever before, right? That's right. And actually, the least loneliest generation is the greatest generation. Mm. Those who learned how to serve during World War One or World War Two. And then um, the most uh, lonely are the Gen, uh, Gen Zers. Mm. They are the millennials, I guess. And they are uh, it's because they're connected with technology. Verizon found during the pandemic that there were 800 million calls a day because people wanted to connect with somebody. They didn't want just a, a text. And so they learned to connect via phone. And um, my grandson is a millennial and he will say, because I, I asked him, I said, is it really true that y'all are lonely? He said, absolutely. He said, we are connected, but we don't make real connections. And so it is a real thing for this younger generation. We've substituted, you know, technology for relationship. Yeah, so what's your advice to your grandson on that? My advice is to, to stay connected to his mother, call his mother, yeah. and, um, and to stay with people, you know, to get involved with people. And he's, he's a wonderful young man. He's getting ready to leave for Japan and work his way down to, to Australia because he's interested in people and in cultures. And I'm so proud of him. He just, um, he, he reminds me a lot of my father, just that curiosity about people and interested. So I'm, I'm delighted. So he's, and he's got a lovely lady in his life right now. So that's, that's good. And I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things I remember your father saying towards the end of his life, someone asked him in an interview, is there anything that you would do differently? And he said, I would, I, I'm going to not quote him correctly, I'm sure. But, but what I took away from it was that he said, I would basically preach less and spend more time in quiet prayer. And, and study, yes. Uh -huh. he, he, he would say that. Mm -hmm. what, what did you think he about wanted, that? He felt like he had been so busy. Yeah. And he wished that he had known more to study the scriptures more. Um, and if he said that, and he felt that way. Oh, my goodness. Where am I on that scale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's really interesting advice. And I wonder if, if we took that advice, if people would be less lonely. They would. They would because they would understand that God is with us, that we are never alone. And when we have Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells within us and he never leaves. And Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he hasn't, he doesn't when we have him as our personal Lord and Savior. Ruth Graham, thank you so much uh, for spending some time with us today. I know there are going to be so many listeners who benefit from our conversation, and I encourage them to, to read your new book, Transforming Loneliness, Deeping our, Deepening Our Relationships with God and Others When We Feel Alone. I think it's so important to talk about this um, very human situation and feeling and ways to connect with other people and to yes. focus on scripture and on reaching out to the Lord, mm -hmm. as you say, um, through your theory on reach, um, which you explain in the book as well. So Ruth, I wish you well, have a, have a great, I know you're on vacation with your grandkids. So I thank you for taking thank some you. time out from that <laughs> for us today. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the summer and congratulations on your latest book. 
Thank you very much, Martha. I appreciate your interest in time. You've been listening to The Untold Story with Martha McCallum. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Make sure to rate and review. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 